lower your expectations. It's a hockey podcast with Lance and Randall. Hello and welcome to episode 14 of the Youth Hockey Podcast. Lance Alexander, you have been uh, entertaining through all 13 of these episodes. What do you have in store for us for the 14th? Oh, this is going to be an extra special Corona edition. And when we say Corona, uh, I haven't broken out the six pack, but uh, I guess the next best thing. We'll talk about Not totally bio. true. If you could see Lance Alexander, because we are video chatting now, he has got a six pack that, uh, that any man would admire. Uh, since you don't know who we are or what we look like, I can say this to you in utmost confidence. Lance Alexander is like a modern Adonis. Yes, I always felt that way. I, but most people tell me I have a keg. Ah, well, you know, let's not get into the personal stuff. Let's get straight to youth hockey. Uh, what were you going to say about, because uh, Lance has been doing some research on uh, what tryouts are going to be like in the age of the coronavirus. Um, right now, uh, I think things are looking a little bit more hopeful than they have been in a while. Uh, and so maybe it's time to bring up some of the new realities that we're going to face at the rinks coming up. Yeah, you know, there was two things I wanted to talk about. Uh, you know, number one, how if things don't get back to normal, uh, you know, most clubs uh, around here, at least, are scheduled to start tryouts in mid-May. Uh, the other thing I want to talk about is what are kids doing to prepare? They're technically not supposed to uh, uh, go to, I guess none of the rinks are open. So technical or not, they can't go to a rink. I doubt many kids are skating unless their families own their own private rinks. Um, so just uh, two interesting things. How do we prepare for tryouts and how are tryouts going to look? So um, I guess I'll start with how for tryouts. And I know um, a lot of the coaches that we've worked with in the past have been very gracious in, in sending a lot, of, uh, uh, a lot of input on different drills to do at home or in your backyard or your garage. I know my son's in addition to doing some uh, – aerobic type exercise they've thrown on the rollerblades and are skating stick handling and just trying to keep sharp because you know it may come a point where uh one day you're quarantined and the next day tryouts are here um so uh what about yeah, my you, oldest son has put a resistance band it looks a you know, it looks weird. He puts a resistance band around both of his ankles. It's a circle. It's like a donut. And then he runs across the yard and he sweats like a, like a, I mean, it's just obviously a lot of work to run with these two resistance or this resistance circle around both of his ankles. Um, but that is the, uh, the kind of strange Corona home workout thing I've seen him do. Uh, anything in specific you've seen your kids do that you thought, wow, what are they, what the hell are they doing? Uh, well, not so much what the hell are they, do, they doing, but uh, more of like, wow, I'm impressed type of thing. Uh, yeah. Because like I said, one of the things that, uh, that they did was they set up out in, in the front of our house, and we live on a quiet cul-de-sac, so there's not a whole lot of traffic or activity, but they set up this very elaborate maze that I saw. And they go through there and they stick hand on. They're using skateboards, hockey sticks, pucks. And, uh, and I was impressed. 
and I, you know, I watch and I'm saying, you know what? They're getting better. I mean, the, were the you impressed at uh, the, the, I heard there was a little bit of uh, incoming fire from the second floor window. Is that uh, true or false? Can we confirm or deny that rumor? We could confirm that was an incredible shot if I've ever seen. Uh, imagining uh, your son in his front yard taking a slap shot and hitting the second story window. That's a mighty off shot, I'd say, you know? Yeah, I, no, uh, that's, that, uh, that, that is not where he planned on hitting it. And, uh, and yet still, there must have been enough force if he shattered the window. You've got to be a little proud. You know what I mean? You've got to be a little upset as a homeowner and as a parent, but just that little tinge of pride that your son can, even on an off shot, shatter your window. And not only that, but it wasn't even a, uh, you know, it wasn't an NHL puck. It wasn't a rubber. It was one of these street hockey stick handling pucks. So wow. that was even more impressive because I, I just assumed that it would bounce off the window. But no, it went right through into my office and uh, deposited itself in the corner by my file cabinet. Yeah, well, that's nice to hear. It's nice to hear. Yeah, exactly. So go ahead and uh, now Lance has uh, been talking about uh, tryouts. What do you think or what have you been hearing about the way tryouts are going to happen this year? Uh, this very strange, very different year uh, for youth hockey. Yes, I, uh, several people have contacted me, not any of local clubs, but uh, clubs, uh, one in particular, uh, I think uh, in Texas and in the Boston area, Massachusetts, saying that they had notified um, interested parties that had been either acquiring with them or had played for them that they're going to do what they call the virtual tryout this year, uh, which I thought was interesting. And that's just a fancy way of saying that you are not going to come and scout them. They are going to select their teams based on uh, scouting reports on you, uh, what they know of you. Uh, they will, you know, do stories. Uh, you're going to be asked to submit like a resume with references and they could talk to your previous coaches. Um, if you're one of those that plays at a level where there's games on hockey TV or, or one of these other sources, they will look at game tape and they will sit in a room somewhere when the time comes and uh, make their selections that way. So they're not even going to have players uh, come out and skate with them. They're just going to do it all in a boardroom, which I thought was interesting. And, you know, it could be good for some people. It might not be so good. For others, I mean, I know some kids who uh, uh, show really well on the ice, uh, so maybe this will uh, this will hurt them a little bit in, in how they're perceived. I know other kids who aren't the best at, at practice but are great players, so maybe this is going to be better for them. They'll let their prior performance uh, begin. Do you think this is going to trickle down to the clubs as well? I mean, you're talking about – pretty high level hockey, but do you think we're going to see the exact same kind of thing um, when you hit our local rink as well? That you know, not, not that you go to your local rink, but you just present your resume to the team captain, or I'm sorry, to the coach and, and he, he chooses a team with that? Or what, what do you think about that uh, on the, uh, the other levels? Because, um, you know, uh, there's going to be a lot of parents out there that are sitting there wondering if teams are for well first of all if teams are going to form but also how fair it's going to be uh to have your kid you know get on the team that he should be on uh whatever level that is 
Well, I think it's, uh, I, there's, there's only two options that the local rinks are going to have. Option one would be postponed because I just don't see, uh, in, at least in the state of California, Michigan, Louisiana. I mean, there's a lot of states that are either in the midst New York. of being a hotspot, New York, uh, or uh, like some of these states are, you know, like New York has been in it for a while. California has been in it for a while. I think there's states that are just starting to, to ramp up in the cases that they're receiving. So I, so I, I doubt that there's going to be rinks open in mid-May, but I, I hope I'm wrong. But, uh, and just to give people perspective, we're recording this on April, like what, 10th? So April 10th? we're, yeah, so we're, we're recording this about a month before any of the AAA stuff gets uh, ramped up and about two months before the tier programs and the A, B, A and B programs get ramped up. So we really are kind of just kind of, we're not shooting in the dark, hopefully, but we're giving you what information Lance has gotten through uh, kid, uh, um, sorry, teams that have been acquiring or inquiring about his kids. And also just what we've been hearing through the boards and our friends about what, what's happening with hockey this year. Well, like and like you said, I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of teams followed that, that team model because the national team, uh, you know, the NTTP team, the National Team Development Program, they did a virtual tryout. This year was the first time that they selected players with based on resume. And they've already selected their team, uh, which I think is what the 04 group. So they selected that uh, NTTP program team with the 04 already and had nobody skate. They canceled it and they're just doing it for the national camp that usually happens in July. Uh, they've already sent out notices that they aren't gonna have the typical select camps um, or some states call it high performance camps where you play your way into the national camp. They're gonna select the national camp uh, based on, again, on resumes. So I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of clubs do that. How much you want to bet there's like one kid out there that like has the name of some other kid or they make a mistake about the resume and they, they choose to run it. How much you want to bet there's like one like single A player that gets called up to the national team this year by mistake. Oh, that would be interesting. <laughs> it would be a great documentary, wouldn't it? It's like, my name's Charlie. I just got out of in-house and they want me on the national team. Ding, ding, ding. Uh, that would be funny. Yep. Um, but, uh, oh, I'm sure they're so careful about that stuff. And most of it, like you said. Oh, yeah. Let, let's face it, Lance. Uh, ice hockey and youth ice hockey in particular, the people are so careful about the way they do everything at the sport. I, you're right. There can't be any errors made. And <laughs> these are some really high, precise individuals. You're absolutely right. I don't know how I could even think that something would go wrong. Now, now, do you remember, does Randy remember what you told me when I talked to you about the fact that this may be virtual tryouts this year? Do you remember what your quote was? I told you you're a very good looking man. You told me that aren't every tryout a virtual tryout? I.e. Oh, the yeah. clubs are selected before they get on the ice. Yeah, no, a lot of them are. Well, let's face it, when you're in a smaller... I don't believe that's everywhere, by the way. You guys can, uh, people out there listening can let me know if, uh, you know, the same thing happens in New York, New Hampshire, uh, Maine, you know, whether they, or whether they have a, a more robust way of, of, of choosing people based on skill. Uh, but a lot of these people out here in California, 
people know you and they either want you on the team or they or they don't. Uh, the tryout does not provide a lot of traction, I don't believe, for most kids. Um, I have only anecdotal evidence of that. I, I'm not uh, here, although I am in my uh, part of the uh, podcast, I'm going to be talking about what I think are the better rules for a tryout. What is the most fair tryout you can do? Uh, and kind of put out there my own model and everybody can then decide that that model is just even worse than the one that's out there now. But I, I'm going to give it a shot. Well, perfect. Because I would say, too, that, like you said, I mean, we've talked about this before. Um, I think, you know, I mean, there's two types of teams. There's teams that have more players interested in playing for them than they have spots. And then there's teams that don't have enough players. So, obviously, if you show up to a tryout and you're one of ten guys and – uh, that are trying out you're going to make the team and you can walk in you can make the team but when when I think of tryouts I'm thinking there's 40 guys vying for 20 spots or 50 or 60 guys and in those situations I think the chances of a player walking in being a complete unknown nobody knows who he is where he comes from and making that team is a huge undertaking you have to be an absolute stud because uh, it's so much easier to meet with the coaches, skate for the coaches. And the day of the tryout, like you said, they know who you are, they know what you're about, and they know if they're interested or not and how you fit in. Yeah, That's and you, you don't have to be, be a, you don't have to be a top. If, if there are 20 people being taken out of a group of 40 and you're just walking in, you, you don't have to be in the top 20 to get in. You, it does, you know, top, the top 20 is not going to get you in. Top five gets you in. If you're one of the five best players on the ice, they will take you in the top in the 20 members that they're taking. But otherwise, if you are just top 20, uh, there's no way. That line that they draw is drawn from people they know and like and sometimes have, have worked with before. And that's much more likely to get you where you want to go. Uh, but if you're right. in the top five and, you, you know, if you're, if you're really at the point where uh, you are so much better than most of the kids, I think you can get on. Um, I just think, like I said, to make the top 20, you have to be in the top five. To make the top 40, you have to be in the top 10. You know, that's, that's you know, you have to be that much better if you're just walking on. Right. And, you know, and as we conclude the discussion of the virtual tryout, my fear of the virtual tryout is that I think it opens the door much more for the politics of, of people pulling favors, who you know. Uh, if you have a famous last name, uh, you know, you're, you have a legacy, your dad played in the NHL type of thing. I think it opens the door more for that than if they actually are watching you on the ice and see how good you really are, you know? I don't know. Uh, I, I, I partially agree with you, Lance. I partially think that uh, those doors, if you have them open, they're open no matter whether you're skating or not skating. I think they overlook how bad how bad those kids, how bad a kid can be if they've got the right legacy and how good the kid is uh, sometimes if, if he does not. So, uh, you know, I, I don't think, I don't think it's going to amplify it that much, but uh, we'll wait and see. You, you, you very well could be right. Yep. We will see. So. Okay. Uh, if you don't mind, I will take this time to segue into uh, something that I, I briefly introduced earlier, which was the idea of what is my, perfect tryout system. Uh, 
yes, the PTS, I guess I'm going to call it because I just said perfect tryout system. Uh, and I want to, I have not tried this with Lance before. This is, uh, this is whole cloth here. I'm going to give it to you and you have to tell me what's wrong with it and see if you can make it better so that uh, uh, it can go out there and when it hits the, the world, everyone will say, wow, that's a well thought out tryout system. Uh, so for me, um, I would, uh, A and B levels, I, I, I truly don't think need this um, because I don't think um, in most cases, uh, the A and B teams are that political. Uh, I think a lot of the lower level teams are just there for kids getting used to and just starting uh, the sport. And the difference between A and B and BB, out here in California, we have something in between A and B, which is BB. Um, you know, most of those kids can play on one of those three teams, they can play on two of them, really. So a B kid could play on BB, an A kid could play on BB. You know, it's not as if you're, there's huge injustice uh, going around. I right. would, however, in order to uh, give the kids who've been playing a little bit longer, a little bit more of a fair system, I would have uh, people who are trying out for any team um, in um, Southern California, at least to start, I would have there uh, be somebody from Skaha that doesn't know the players. Um, and it's all done by number. It's not done by name. Nobody has names on the jerseys. And the tryout is a system where the coach has to rank the, the people who tried out for him. Uh, if it's 40 players, one through 40. Uh, uh, I know there'll be some times where you don't know how, you know, is this guy 35th or 36th? I get that. But he has to rank them to show that he's actually thought about each of the kids that are on the ice in front of him. And then the Skaha person, the person from the Southern California, also is ranking those 40 kids. Now, we all know there's not 40 kids at a tryout, by the way. Southern California, 20, 25, max. So you rank the 20, 25 uh, people. And then when you post your list of people who have made the team, I think there has to be just some input from uh, the person who, uh, who is not the coach, the person who came from uh, the, the, the organization, if he has somebody ranked third and the coach has him ranked 17th, I think you have to have a conversation then uh, and say, you know, why is there such a big difference between me, a person who's coached in another uh, rink, and you, a person who is uh, coaching here at this place, what is the difference here? And I don't think you have to, you know, always call out everyone on their judgments because each coach is going to want to do it differently. But I think if a coach is consistently not looking and not rating the people at his tryouts correctly, I think that there's something that you should do uh, uh, in order to make those tryouts more of a real um, judge of the kid's ability to play. Because, um, you know, I, I, I just, I just don't have the faith in all of these individual coaches to play it straight up. And I think a lot of it is, um, you know, due to a lot of reasons. And I'm not, I'm not always upset at them for it. They've got to make their money. They've got to, they've got to build their team. They have to build their career. I get all of that. But I, I think it would just add a formal step in the process that would make people more comfortable. You know, uh, hey, my kid was uh, ranked by 
Kaha, and by the coach. And maybe you have to release the list. That would be interesting, wouldn't it? <laughs> if, wouldn't it be nice to know? Hey, Lance, wouldn't it be nice to know if at the selects camp, the arbiter, the person who was choosing, uh, might not have picked your kid, but the person that uh, was there from Kaha or Skaha had your kid fourth uh, in the entire group. I, I, I think it would maybe make people take it a little bit more seriously because they don't want to be embarrassed by, by what, you know, what people are seeing on the ice. Well, you know, it's interesting that you say that because uh, now I, I would like to say, ah, that doesn't matter. I don't care what they think. But, you know, uh, leading up to the uh, Bantam draft for the WHL, there's a group up there that makes a ton of money ranking all the Western Hockey League players. And, you know, I would lie if I didn't say that I was buying that magazine and looking at it regularly to see where my sons ranked on that list and if they were and I you know and I felt like it would give me a good perspective on whether they were going to get drafted or not um well so, that's what I mean like just said, having one like independent know, I'd love to know that's what I mean one independent person at every tryout for tier teams and triple a teams and he doesn't know anybody. He's just taking the numbers down. He's looking at the, the ice and saying, okay, this is what number 12 did. This is what number 27 did. Uh, this is what number 16 did. Uh, you, know, you can rank offense and defense separately if you wanted. Uh, I don't mind. Uh, you know, I just think it would be an interesting way to hold people a little bit more accountable because if you constantly, if, you're, if, you're, if a coach is constantly basically just picking the players that, that – that, uh, for example, pay him or do private lessons with him, uh, I think you have to say, you know, that's, that's not altogether fair in this system. You don't get to just um, use uh, hockey as a credit card. Uh, there are some kids out there that have played very hard to get on your team. And if you're not choosing them, uh, you need to have more than, well, this guy takes five private lessons from me a week. I, I, I know it would not solve the problem. I just think it might add one. It's like anything else. Uh, you know, like at your work, they have people that sometimes audit what you do, right? There's somebody at the job that sits, occasionally looks over your numbers. Exactly, yes. Yeah, that, me too. There's somebody at my work that evaluates me every once in a while. Hockey does not evaluate itself at all. It evaluates the product. It evaluates, you know, the team. Did the team win? And I guess that's part of it too. And I get that, but it doesn't evaluate the process or at all. And I think just once a year sending people out and saying, Hey, we are responsible uh, stewards of this uh, a group of hockey teams. And we need to tell you, you know, what we saw when we went to your tryouts and it might, like I said, just keep people a little bit more honest than they are right now. Well, here's my thoughts on because it gets complicated. And number one, th that theory that you have, I think we've talked about in the past. I think what you're talking about is exactly how these high-performance camps slash select camps uh, should be run. Uh, because, you know, when you're doing local one, it's run by the local people. When you're doing the state, for, for us, it's state people involved, and then the district people are involved. I always felt like, hey, if, like you said, if you, a great way to run the camp would be have evaluators there. Maybe 
Eastern evaluators come West and Western evaluators go East, have people who have no predetermined uh, evaluation or, or, or prejudice or judgments about any person. They know nobody and they're just strictly looking at you from how you perform that weekend. And they don't know who you are, where you came from, what your track record is, and you go into that weekend. You got to do it. I think that's a great way to do it. Um, and I uh, want that to I trickle know. down into the, the teams a little bit because, you know, these high-performance camps, they're only a weekend. You're going to be on a team the entire year. Wouldn't it be well, a little bit nicer to know that, you know, the, the group that, that you're going to be with for the entire year is being right. vetted a little bit? You know, but go ahead. Well, see, well, here's the problem with, with the club level is, is that, like I said, I mean, in theory, it would be great, but, um, but I, like you said, I think a lot of factors go into the decision-making beyond how good player, because I think as you and I both know, you know, you could be a fantastic player, top players in, in the state, uh, but your parents are just a living nightmare. And so I think when coaches make those decisions, like you said, there's, there's a lot of different factors going into it. You know, is, is the kid's personality going to fit with the team? Is the, are the parents going to be parents you want to spend a whole season with? Are they going to be nightmare? Are they going to be complaining all year? Uh, so I think a lot of times these decisions go beyond just pure talent. And uh, uh, so I don't know. I mean, if a, I guess if the club is saying, look, we want the 20 best players and we don't care if, if Johnny is a nightmare in the locker room and we don't care who his parents are, then, then yeah, then maybe it's on the club to, to evaluate and make sure the coaches are making the right selections. But like I well, said, you when know, you I'm, join a group, when you join a group like Skaha, they, they, I would love to see them have some – and you're right. You're, there's going to be a kid that doesn't get chosen because of this reason and that reason. And it's not just about that weekend. Um, however, like, like I said, I think – you know, do you think that the coaches are at all responsive uh, to the choices they make at all to anybody. I mean, do, have you ever seen a coach make a choice to take this kid or not that kid and for there to be any repercussions? Yeah, I don't know. That's a good question. I, I would think, like you said, I think at the end of the day, um, it, it's got to be, they got to be, the club's got to be happy. So if you're constantly making decisions as a coach that's very selfish, uh, it's going gonna, it's gonna to get back to you at a certain point because people are going to be unhappy. People are going to complain. People are going to go to other places. And I think at a certain point, the club's going to step in and say, look, you got to do what's best for our club, not what's best for you. Now, I'm and thinking of a particular to, coach at Valencia that uh, seemed to go on every year after year making those terrible judgments. And I'm not talking about uh, the coach that uh, – that uh, was the tier program. I was talking about an A or B coach. If you remember, uh, one of the coaches that you had um, was there for a long, long time, and he wasn't a very nice Canadian man. French Canadian man. Uh, and well, <laughs> it's so funny. I'm getting old because I can't. I'm trying to figure out. I only had two coaches in Valencia. Well, didn't and he tell didn't, you to let, don't let the don't let the door smack you on the ass on the way out? Oh, okay. Well, he wasn't one of our coaches. Though. He was. Just, oh, he wasn't. Okay. No, 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 no. He wasn't. 
uh, and, and it was funny because I think he learned a valuable lesson. And uh, uh, since those days, I, 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 I respect him and I, and I actually kind of like him. But back in those days, I think the, a lot of the, the local clubs were, had this feeling that, false feeling, by the way, that they had a captured audience. And I think they do have a captured audience. See, I think that's where you're wrong. I think they still have a captured audience, and I still think somebody needs to evaluate them sometimes. Um, well, the reason and, I say they didn't have a captured yeah. audience is the, the group that we grew up with, they all left. You know, so when, yeah. when they're telling you, don't let the door hit you in the ass, well, guess what? We didn't. And everyone Well, they left. still they made plenty of money. I, I know that guy, he was charging $60 an hour uh, on his patch of ice, uh, and, you know, he... He made plenty of money uh, with his teams, even without, you know, necessarily having uh, what you'd call, you know, a huge a loyal fan base for his coaching. Um, he just was there and he made a lot of money and he didn't have to answer to anybody. Uh, and he, you know, he told uh, two players that have now gone on to Shattuck, you know, uh, I don't want you even playing here if, if, if you can't handle what my judgment is on, on your kids. You know, I, I I, you're willing to give benefit of the doubt that, uh, that, that there are checks and balances with, these, uh, with some of these coaches. I think uh, some of these coaches, and, and I'm not saying that you can, you, can, you can make them all be better or behave better, but evaluations in my line of work, it does make you kind of step up your game a little bit. I've noticed that, you know, like when it's evaluation time, I've seen other people step up what they were doing. And I bet in your office, the audits and the evaluations on, you know, I bet some people rise to be better because they know they're being evaluated. I don't know if my right. method is the best method, but I would love to see the coaches that are making these choices have some, have to answer just a little bit to the fact that they, what they saw on the ice uh, matches what some uh, independent arbiter would say. Now, I agree with that. Now, I would say too, though, a lot of your a lot of your opinion is being formed off of our local rink, and you know what I mean because that's that's like ninety percent of your experience is at our local rink. And I oh hell no, Lance, don't you dare tell me that my uh, my local <laughs> rink is ninety percent of my experience. Ninety percent? Excuse me. I, my kids have played at the heat, the rain, Pasadena, uh, uh, what, Simi, uh, uh, what's the, uh, Bears. Did you Are you telling the Simi? Yeah, just in-house. Oh, okay. Yeah, I told you that on another podcast. Well, I was going to say, never, because, you know. We never I mean, made it a full year there. We just made it uh, uh, for their in-house stuff. I mean, I don't want to beat a dead horse, but I remember, I mean, I always felt that, uh, you know, I mean, decisions that were being made at our local rink didn't always agree with me. But, you know, maybe things will change now that they've shut down. And yeah, they have. And somebody takes it over. And because, you know, I mean, let's be honest. I don't know that there was uh, at the top of the regime down. I don't know that there was a lot of commitment to make that a very successful, uh, thriving program that was going to dominate the hockey world. I, I just think you know, other programs took it more seriously. And so now that they've decided to uh, exit the business, maybe somebody will come in who's actually serious about putting together some, some good teams uh, and be serious about it. And, 
Well, yeah. I certainly hope so because, you know, uh, the, the guy who has been doing the tier stuff, he had two uh, playoff teams last year and, and, uh, and we liked him. Uh, you know, I, I'm sure uh, there is good and bad in every coach. So I'm not going to be upset at somebody that says, oh, no, that guy, he, but we liked him. Um, and, um, you know, I'd like to see a, a, a little bit better hockey up here in Valencia. Um, but again, uh, youth hockey, uh, you get what you get. Um, I don't necessarily think that, um, that uh, tryouts will change because uh, we start blathering on about some different method. But, you know, maybe the hockey community out there can help us out, Lance. Maybe they can come up with a better idea. All I want is a little more accountability from the people who are running the tryouts because I'm paying for the tryout and I'm going to the tryout. And you just want to make sure that, you know, as much of it is done on the up and up as possible. Yeah, well, we'll see. Uh, like I said, I'm curious to see what happens in Valencia and whether it's just completely bulldozed or, or what happens. Hopefully somebody saves the rink and we could see uh, something different, something different, okay. something new. I've got a question for you from Agora yeah. Hills. Uh, parent asking about what it's like uh, to leave a team and then go back to that organization. Is it hard on the kids? Um, the parents uh, obviously have a hard time uh, sometimes, you know, dealing with the fact that they left and came back. What do you think about uh, whether it's hard on the kids? Well, I will say this. Uh, we, we did it once. We left the organization and came back. We left for a year and then came back. And, uh, you know, and it was fine. The coaching, the coaches were great. They, uh, like you said, they wanted the players they wanted and my two sons were two of the players they wanted. And so like there wasn't any ill will or anything that they left, you know, they, they were very welcoming, very accepting. And uh, so for my sons, it was very easy and they knew they left, they came back, they knew all the same kids that they came back to. And it was as if they had never left. Now I've heard stories at other clubs where people leave and then are kind of not even, welcomed back or they're not welcome to come back or something. Uh, now, do you think that's the kids as well? Or do you think it's more mainly the parents? I mean, I think it's directed more at the parents and why they're making the decisions they're making. Um, I, uh, I mean, there's a few kids out there, but I can think of kids that my sons have played with who could be kind of mean and nasty uh, and maybe not uh, uh, accept them or have a grudge uh, against them. But I think, again, I think that's all driven by what their parents are telling them and what okay. the parents are saying. Because like I said, I've seen my sons play against guys who on the ice hated, hated them and thought that, you know, called them all kinds of names and they're dirty and this and that. And then three years later, they're all on the same team and they're best friends. That's what I think too. Uh, I, I, I totally align with that, that, that the kids are amazingly forgiving when you're on the same team. Uh, the parents are, uh, are the ones that throw up the roadblocks. Um, if you're going back to another team, uh, just, you know, let your kid walk in the door first. Let him do all of the, the heavy lifting with all of his old friends. Uh, and it usually turns out just fine. Um, second question. I have uh, this one is uh, coming from Pasadena uh, about lazy kids during the lockdown. What do you do when your kid's being lazy during the lockdown, Alexander? I'll tell you exactly what I did. And uh, I think my son somewhere, he could attest to it. You know what I did is uh, I broke out uh, 
YouTube videos of uh, different uh, 15, 20 minute exercise programs. And we all did it together as a family. Aww. Dad and the two boys, we all stood in front of the TV and we watched these uh, instructors and we followed along. Uh, obviously some, some of us did better than others. Uh, uh, young guys can handle a little bit better than the old folks. But, uh, but it was fun. I, I, I think we all had a great time. Uh, you're putting That's me to shame. Listen to that. Listen to that family bonding coming across the airwaves there. I mean, I want exactly. you to appreciate the warmth of Lance, Lance Alexander. Appreciate Make it. Make it a, a family affair. There you if go. Everyone's participating. They're going to have fun. It's going to be enjoyable. They'll want to do it again. Okay. I got one uh, character. Uh, this character, I'm sorry. I'm going to have to explain more than I'm going to have to act out. But uh, uh, just see how it hits you. Let's see if you've ever had this experience. Uh, I had this person at the ice rink that scowled at me every time I walked by. Scowl, 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 every time. I mean, I don't think I ever missed her eye when she was not scowling at me. <laughs> and I don't know who she was. I don't know what her son was. I didn't, I have no idea what I did in order to get that kind of stink eye constantly, but I was always on her bottom part of her list. Uh, and I, I, to this day, I honestly, I can still, if I walk by her, I'm sure in the street, I, I bet if I'm about, she's going to give me that look. And I have no idea why. Well, you know, the funny thing is, I guess your reputation precedes you, right? You're known rink wide. So. Oh, come on. Everybody doesn't <laughs> hate me at the rink. They just don't know me. Do you remember the person? That, I don't know if you remember the person that used to scowl at me all the time and then finally one summer program our kids all ended up on the same team and he came over and said you know i've heard so much crappy stuff about your boys but they're not bad at all i love them wow that is so nice is it are hockey nice? parents yeah. just the best hey you know i heard your kids are terrible but they're not oh how nice you know <laughs> what did you say back to him just so I know, like, how do you get out of that in a, in a uh, um, how do you get out of that with, uh, with, with style or with grace? When somebody says something like that. You know what I tell them is, uh, I'm in straight from the heart. I'm like, you know, people, evil people will be evil. And 99% of what they're saying is made up. And, you know, my live my life by judging people uh, by how I interact with them. You know what I mean? If, if you, you, could tell me that this person's a crap person and is evil mean and i've had people do it before and then i meet them and i'm like gee i don't know what you've done to them but they're the nicest people in the world to me and so i can only judge by my experience with them not your experience with them. exactly yeah no that's nice it's nice that you get that chance well uh, someday uh, i don't know maybe i'll check in with the podcast maybe podcast 87 88 i'll meet that person again i'll ask them what i did and i'll have an update that would be, you know, that would be a great, uh, I think that would be great because I, every time I've seen a person who's kind of angry, mean, and you kind of call them on it, but very politely and like, what did I ever do to you? I think most of them end up eating humble pie and realizing that, that they made a mistake.
Well, there you go. There you go. Well, I think that's winding down for podcast number 14. Uh, Lance, do you have any parting uh, words you want to, uh, you know, all those people out there that are stuck inside, uh, needing the warmth uh, of your human kindness to say something that will uh, push them to be better people and better hockey players? Sure. I say stay safe. You know, like they say on the news every day, wear those masks, not for yourself, but for the people around you. And uh, start beefing up those resumes for your virtual tryout. Okay. That's a good, uh, good uh, advice, all of it. And uh, from us here at Youth Hockey Podcast, if you'd like to send in any of your great advice, do it at youthhockeypodcast at gmail.com. And always try to uh, listen to the podcast three or four times because you never know when some small nugget of information might get past you on the first and or second listen. But that third one, Lance, wouldn't you say that's where it really plants? Exactly. The third or okay. fourth time. Third or fourth time. Thank you all for listening. Uh, and we'll be back with, uh, I think our next uh, one's going to be about the Kings. Uh, isn't that right? We're doing the LA Kings. Uh, junior uh, the program? big Kings? You, the, oh, no, well, you're talking about Kings. the junior yeah, Kings. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Maybe so Kings and Ducks should be next. Kings and Ducks will be next. Uh, uh, go ahead and uh, look out for that. Thank you.